Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs and Anxiety. I got the Paul Bass in the house. Hey, Paul. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? You look good. What's going on? <laughs> you look good, too. <laughs> you look great. So you were in Tulsa. I read the piece up on the New Haven Independent. So uh, why Tulsa? Tell me why Tulsa. How you doing it, anyway? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Listen, it's summer. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I follow everything you do on social media. That's how we all live our lives vicariously now in New Haven. It's all the places Babs goes. Even when you're relaxing, it's like the funnest place to be in New Haven is your porch vicariously. <laughs> and all the stuff we imbibe without having to like pay the physical cost because we like do it from a distance. You know? Yeah, well, listen, come on over. You're welcome to come through anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Um ended up at Tulsa as an unpredicted outgrowth of a new project we're taking on at the independent mm -hmm. so for a few months now i've been working on a new project as you knew to try to create a nationwide network of local arts reviewers as an experiment and whether we can bring back in person local reviewing of plays concerts art gallery shows poetry readings the way we brought back in-person local news reporting 18 years ago, is there a new model? Now that the mainstream media and even alternative media have given up in most cities, not New Haven, not New York, but in most cities, if you're playing a live show, if you have an art exhibit, if you put on a play, there's almost no chance someone's going to show up and review it, tell people what happened, document it, say what they thought about it. I always valued that a lot. I think that our culture is our politics with soul. We're another way we're trying to work out our common goals and dreams and differences and how we live together and what it all means in a way that's sometimes easier to even though it can be just as painful even more raw when we tell the stories it's a way we can be together as a community and live together and and have a common purpose and to no longer because the business models of journalism no longer support that kind of work doesn't mean it shouldn't be done you know the whole new Industry has grown up nonprofit and have found a way to make it work for in profit in person news reporting locally. I thought, let's just see if there are different ways we could try it in different cities to see what works and what doesn't work to try to bring back in person arts viewing and also support reviewers and support local arts. So we figured we'll pick a few cities where we know people because it doesn't matter where you do it. There are 100 or 200 cities in America where you could do this, where a lot of stuff goes on. Almost every I was going to ask stuff. you, like, what what was it about Tulsa that was attractive? Like, That's why what was Tulsa so funny. and not Memphis or why Tulsa? Well, Memphis definitely, not, definitely is. So I no. think there are about 100, 200 places that I did research. And it was almost like a comedy routine. Every place you went, the <laughs> daily or if there was still an alt weekly, no one reviewed anything, but they all say the five things to do this weekend or the feature with the cool person. And those are good. I'm not putting that down, Babs. I'm just saying nowhere did they show up anymore the way we always used to have reviewers in every city, you know, whether classical music, pop music, art gallery, arts, um, and the theater. So 
in mostly I said, since there's so many cities, let's just go with people we know or we find out about are interesting because we're just trying to see how they build up the audience in these places, how you support the writer. But Tulsa kept coming up. Tulsa was the one exception. It started out with my daughter who's helping put this together. She's in Oakland in the art scene there. And she said, you know, everyone's talking about Tulsa. I said, Tulsa? So yeah, my friend got hired there to help them try to figure out a lot of people moving there. They're doing an arts district. And my friend was hired to help them figure out how to do it diverse do it in a diverse way, how to get because use of color, you know, people of color to be part of it. And then it just randomly, I kept coming up with Tulsa. There's some, my other daughter in Northampton, someone's working on her house, an old musician who used to live in Nashville. So, you know, everyone's last Nashville, Austin, all got gentrified. They're all putting studios in new places. I said, where? He said, Tulsa. Everyone's going to Tulsa. And then it kept coming up. And then, you know, the new book, Victor Luckerson's book about the massacre in Tulsa and how today, they're still grappling with it. And how do you rebuild that community? What that says about American race and violence in American city, just everything kept coming up Tulsa. So I just thought, I wonder if anything's going down in Tulsa. Like <laughs> that should be the one city we try to figure out. So then it was like the comedy routine again. I, I caught up with some writers and one person said to me, we were just meeting about that today. All of us used to write arts reviews. There's no place to write them anymore, but there's 10 times as much going on as there used to be. So like she had grown up in Tulsa, went to New York, wrote for The Voice, came back. And then all of a sudden, the Alternative Weekly went out of business. The Daily stopped, you know, shrunk, got bought out by a big company and stopped doing reviews. And I heard there's so many places. So, okay, let's, we'll just go check it out. So I went with Carol, my wife, and, and my daughter, Sarah, who's working on the project. And we spent a week having a great time meeting everybody and all the fun stuff going on. I saw on you out day. just about every night, Paul. Like, I've never yeah. seen you out like that. We were out every night and every second. day, too. And, you know, they have like nine, ten concerts in Ice Baths, even on a weeknight. And oh, of course, man, they have I the Bob Dylan myself. Museum and Bob Dylan Museum. I mean, that was like heaven. I know, you, know? you that spent was like... a lot of time there. What, so what was that like, the Bob Dylan Museum? Like, you know, were it's you really surprised museum... by it or did you know I about was. It? I knew it. It started a year ago. We were all thinking, why Tulsa? And it turns out, you know, they had the Woody Guthrie archives and everything there already because he's Oklahoma and then he was an influence on Dylan. I was surprised by it, how good it was. I'm not a big museum person. You know, you try to, how do you capture the experience? They really made it about the process of creativity. So if you're a Dylan freak like me, you loved all the minutia. But it, like that staircase I showed you, I'll be let you be your dream if you can be in mind. You kind of watch it up the stairs. And he also does, you know, visual art that's good. But also when they bring in the studio and actually showed you through audio clips and video, how they actually put together a song in production and made it so much more than it was originally and how they struggled with it. You know, I found that so interesting. And then they had all these other people, musicians who were influenced by Dylan who had their own jukebox and you have a jukebox you can play where they pick their favorite versions of the songs and it's just a fun place and very well done and it's an interesting city and change because it's still Oklahoma which is a really red state and like in a lot of those red states it's got this deep deep blue pocket in the midst of it and they're still trying to and you know as we talk nationally about reparations and what an interesting conversation that is I think you and I would agree that of course you have reparations. I don't think that's really the question. The question, because some stuff was stolen, what form should it take? Who gets it? You know, like what, what's going to work and have an impact? That's all happening there as well as informing this whole conversation about the arts because an arts district is being built, not on Black Wall Street. That's technically one block that also got mm -hmm. ripped apart by highway. Urban rule was the second destruction of that community. But right next to it is where this arts district is. And that's, you know, as much white as black. And it also is the only other place besides North Tulsa, which is the black area, because only 15% black um, population there. But when a black man ran for mayor last time, it was the new white people who moved to town 
and North Tulsa that voted for the black candidates, and the old kind of Tulsa that that went with. And it was so you know everything blew your mind. It was also different. Like you know, I, I went to the Cafe Nine, version of Cafe Nine. It's just great. They music every night. It's a little bigger, really fun place, down to earth, great sound system, and and they also had. Um, it's never your turn. There's something that kind of catches you by surprise. Like I went to the synagogue, like, you know, Jews in Oklahoma, right. They had, uh, they had, did have to have a lot of security there, you know, so Timothy McVeigh's not far from there. And, uh, but I was surprised on a Sunday, Saturday morning, you know, for the Shabbat service, a third of the people were not white. What do you mean? And it, like they, they, it turns out that the synagogue is their version of Iris. <laughs> it's, they they have a whole staff and they're approved by the federal government. There are only like seven to eight of them around the country. There's Iris and there's the synagogue. There are three people a week. They're bringing refugees from other countries. They brought hundreds. And, and are these refugees Jewish? No, but a small percentage of them said, we'll hang out here and become Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a whole business, not just for the for the refugees, not for the Jewish refugees. Where they make there's a bakery and they all have jobs there and they, you know, they're known for their cookies nationally. Because when I said I was going to Tulsa, my rabbi said, "Oh, check out the cookies." They have this whole they have this whole refugee cookie business that runs out. I <laughs> you know that the the contrasts are pretty deep when you go from place to place. I was in this one neighborhood where it's gotten blue, but there was this one right wing. It looked like one of the commenters in the Independent had a lawn. You know, the right wing ones had a lawn display with like a a black jockey. You know, like a sample thing. Right next to the like, we believe science and Black Lives Matter and all this. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting place. It's raw. It's changing. It's dynamic, and the arts are really what's happening there. It used to be an oil place, and there's this foundation that funds a lot of it. Someone who left oil and she used the money to try to promote a whole arts and tech district. So I guess it's not really Austin yet because it's really inexpensive and it's not dense. They're a couple mm-hmm. of skyscrapers, but there's just a lot going on. People just doing stuff. So do you do you feel do you feel like um um Tulsa is a good place to sort of have it be one of the places where people are reviewing? Definitely the place to have reviewing because it has all different kinds of culture. There are so many writers, so much arts going on. They're one of the places like we're gonna have three or four cities where we have a review almost every day. That's gonna be one of them. And we have already hired the group there. We, we got the writer, this really terrific writer. And there's this publication that, you know, the people used to be at Alternative Weeklies. They tried starting up a publication that previews the arts and things like that. This is going to enable them to take their publication to the next step and have reviews. So, like, the idea is that we'll publish them in our little site. And starting after Labor Day, when we go from beta to our official site, we're going to start doing our own newsletter and everything. But what we're really looking to do is build local audiences and there, they're just going to, they've already started. They're already publishing there. Their publication is taking its next step up, their online publication. And they're going to have a review almost every day. And there's someone there who lives there, who's a reviewer there, who was born there, came back from New York. I was telling you about her. She's a very good writer. She's helming it. We're just paying her to helm it. So, so, so explain to, to, to all of us how this is going to work. So if you're in Telta, you're reviewing Telta. Where does your review show up at? And, and so how it's up two places. It? Okay. So it's going to show up in something called Root Tulsa. It's an online newsletter publication. It's got thousands of readers. Okay, so, so you it's see already it, an established it, Yeah, we're entity. just taking it. They're now going to the next level. Okay. They didn't used to have reviews. Now you're going to have reviews in that as well. Okay. And you're paying now, for somebody to, to help hold that, helm that 
um, so that they can have a dedicated team of folks who are reviewing. Right. And we're also going to publish them on our website. Okay. Because nobody's going to see much yet. But after Labor Day, we're going to ramp it up. Because what we're going to do, Babs, we're going to have three or four cities like that. They're going to be like New Haven with their view almost every day. We're probably going to do Oakland. We're not sure what the other ones are yet. And then we're going to have just some people. We're trying them all out now, like Jamil Ragland in Hartford, who's excellent. He's done a couple of reviews already. He'll probably continue doing a couple. So it's not the city has it every day, but they'll have this writer we're nurturing doing a couple a week, one or two a week. We have someone in Troy, Albany. We have someone in Northwest Arkansas we're trying out. We have someone in New York, someone in Boston, um, someone in Chattanooga, someone in Providence. And then so that you have your core cities where almost every day you got something and we're going to look for a way locally in each of those cities for people who live there to get it while we okay. separately while we separately see after September if there are a lot of if there are some people in the country who do want to look at seven cities or so regularly and just see what's going on in those places. If you're the kind of person, it's not a huge market for that, right? That's not the main goal. Also, once a year, we're going to bring, we're calling them fellows, the main writers to New Haven get them to be together and meet with someone who's a more experienced reviewer, better reviewer of some place and just have a day to hang out, talk about reviewing once a year. And that's the idea. So, so have you talked to arts communities and, and do they think this is a good idea? It depends. Everyone says, sure, come right. About. I mean, Tulsa was excited. They put out the red carpet first, perhaps like our second day there, we were meeting everybody, you know, like the head of the museum, the head of the foundation, the, you know, the people who do, they have, they have a thing like Next Haven. We met her where they bring, they house all the artists they bring in, you know, obviously everybody wants more attention. They want more review. We'll see what happens when you don't like what they put on, but you know, because some people realize that's good for a community to have critical voice that you can count on. I believe in that also talks about where they don't agree with you, but um. Right now, we're definitely hearing that, that people are like, I was surprised because I never thought of New York, right? The only reason we've got some stuff in New York is because there's some writers there. We would never go out and search in New York. What surprised me was that people are saying they can't get stuff reviewed in New York. So even though you have reviews in the Times and you have some of these blogs, I guess so much goes on there. Most of it doesn't get reviewed. Yeah. So that was interesting to me because part of what we're up to is to nurture the writers and we're hoping they all get stolen. So for in a community, someone's writing some reviews in Boston or Chattanooga. We hope that within a few months, somebody steals them and says, hey, this is really good. People want to read it. We'll hire them. Because we're not looking to be the, a, a real publication. It's more like a network that nurtures reviewing. And really, we're going to try out in our main cities. We're going to try it out in different ways about how do you build the audience. Like in Oakland, we might put our, start in, in September, put out our own twice a week newsletter, e-newsletter that we build up and see if that's a way to build an audience. Whereas in Tulsa, we're definitely going into the existing publication. I don't know if we're going to go in LA and New York, but people talking to there have existing publications that just don't do their reviewing. So the idea is to help that grow, but not in a way to permanently subsidize it. It's not like we have a lot of money, but like to show that it works and that people want to read it. Sort of like the independent, right? When we started, we were one of the first two in the country. And it's not that we tried to build up and own other places, try to run some big corporation that doesn't scale. But a lot of people came to us and said, how do you do this? And now they're over 400 because the idea does work. But we didn't know how it would work. We did a lot of mistakes, too. You know, we'll make a lot of mistakes with this, too. Either it's not good quality or it turns out people don't want to read it that way. We had all sorts of ideas about, like, nanotech and national beats that might work to a local site the way it used to in the Internet. didn't work that way. But people really did have the ability in so many communities to have nonprofit reporting supported. Mm. And so I'm hoping to accomplish the same thing with arts. We just try some stuff, fail, succeed. 
and inspire some other people to do it well and, and just sort of throw in this idea that we can still review stuff and in new ways too, that it matters. If these events happen, they matter. If people write about it, that matters. If we weigh in on it, that matters. And that it can still be done. We don't have to give up on that. So what is it about the the idea of arts that attracted you? Because you could have you could have picked anything. I mean, you could have picked yeah. sports. <laughs> I'll tell you, you how I got it. News, other well, news. Sports, I think sports is doing pretty well at local internet. I was reading a, an interview in the New York Times. You know, I get my ideas on Shabbos when I'm not working and I tune off and then all of a sudden my mind goes crazy. And every Shabbos, I get some crazy idea reading the paper about what we could do. And I'll spend millions of people's dollars. But luckily, Shabbos, I can't call them or spend the money. And usually it's a dumb idea. So by the end, the sun goes down. I said, that was ridiculous, you know. But this one stuck. It was a Saturday afternoon. I was reading an interview with a guy named Alberto Obraglin, who was the head of the Knight Foundation. He became the head of Knight the year we started the Independent. And he had a mission. He had two missions with all that money of Knight, which was to save local journalism in a nonprofit way and revive the arts. So he was a helper of us at the beginning, and he used to fly me around the country and Will Ginsburg to talk to other cities about how you do this. And he was wildly successful. He knows 80 times more than I ever knew about newspapers and news. And, you know, he had billions to play with and he built up this whole industry. And I was reading an interview with him because he's retiring about all he accomplished with that and all he accomplished with arts. They focused their arts on Miami, these cool poetry festivals where they like rained poems down from a plane onto soccer stadiums, all this kind of cool stuff. But when I was reading that, I was thinking, you know, one thing that's missing is connecting those two. So much was done to revive local arts, so much done to local journalism. What about arts journalism? And I was thinking of Brian Slattery in New Haven. Ten years ago, one of our funders said, so much happens in New Haven. If I give you a little money, you just like write something every day about something that happened in the arts. And Brian ran with it. And people really appreciate it in New Haven that we do that. And I was thinking, why can't everybody have a crew like Brian's? Like, well, how would we make that happen? Could that happen? So I spent a few months researching it. As I said, I look at every city and I could never find any reviews, but I could find the previews and the features. But I'd find so much going on in places I never expected, right? And so then I thought, how would I put this together? So I, I actually met with a lot of people for a few months about how would you put this together? I heard a lot of ideas I decided not to pursue because they were more of the for-profit variety and scale and marketing. I thought, how do we do this? Just the idea, the genuine idea of true arts reviewing. And, and why I'm personally involved, Babs, is I'm not an arts writer. But I, like you, I really love the arts. They're so important to me. I, when I grew up, I, the first thing I read in the paper wasn't the news. It was the arts. It was mm. the review. If I went to a concert, I'd want to see what they said about the concert or play or movie. And if I didn't go, I wanted to read it anyway, even if I wasn't going to go, if it was over, because I'd like to hear what they had said about it, because I cared about movies and music and TV and plays and and I love the writers. I, I cared about the writing. You know, people, reviewers have a voice. And, and I felt like it's something that connects us, something that is deeper. So that's why I say it's politics with soul, because they deal with all the issues of who are we? How do we live as a community? What do we think about? Why are we here on this earth? How do we relate to each other? How do we deal with ugly things that have happened in our society and challenges? How do we celebrate the beauty and mark that and, and appreciate it? And how do we look at each other? You know, that that is politics, but you add the soul. Mm. So that's my answer for for why. So I decided, you know, I'd stop being the editor of the independent. And one of our funders said, Hey, you know, you got a little money there. 
see what next thing you want to figure out this crazy that you'd want to try to take on. And, and uh, that's how, that's how it happened. So is your idea is to um, marry seasoned art writers, journalists with up and coming or new um, artists, journalists, folks? That would be my ideal. Um, we're still in beta now, so we're just trying out lots of people. It has turned out that way. Half the people we have are people who used to do it professionally, and half are like early 20s and just starting out. They're really smart, and they're just hungry to do it. So I hope it hope it turns out that way. That's definitely how the crew in Tulsa is shaping up. Um, you know, we're leaning a little more toward the younger. Oakland's definitely in the mix. Lisa Gray, remember her? She's going to write for us in Oakland. Yes, I know she's Lisa She's in Gray. Oakland. Yeah, she's in Oakland. And um, she's more experienced. And we got some people there right out of the gate there as well. And, um, and we're going to try a lot of stuff that also turns out not to be good, you know, but not right out there. We're just going to try things, you know. And I mean, try... how do you measure good, though? Like, Right. It's in the subject. arts world, like, how do you measure good and excellence and all the things? I care a lot about voice. Okay. I care a lot about the writer having something to say, to care about it, understand what's going on, and then have a take. You know, like, and, I, and fun. <laughs> I'm hoping it's, like, not boring homework, and I'm hoping it's, like, makes you want to be interested. Yeah, it is hard to, it, hard, and it, it won't be, be fun. I think it would be fun, because I think... I, I like you, Paul. I used to read um, the Times and stuff like that because I wanted to, the arts thing would be the first thing I I pull right because I wanted to know the social scene and you know and there are plays and you know people were singing at the Rainbow Room. I like I wanted I wanted to be in that mix and I was you know young. I have no money, so I really couldn't be in the mix. But I loved reading about artists and what they were doing and who was having a new show and now we got the video too like brian satirist knows right about these bands i'll never go see and he also when he's writing about himself it's kind of interesting this metal thing and then i'll listen i'll watch the video and i'll be into it like i'll understand the way i didn't and i kind of experienced it too and that artist kind of then got it out too yeah well i i I think you know lucy gelman over at the arts paper which you know yeah fondness for the arts council me too um you know is is you know is trying to raise up a a crop of journalists with that same sort of thinking around art and journalism and and how do you uh how do you tell a good story um and how do you um show that people are brought together through the through arts and all kinds of arts so i mean so we're doing some of that here in new haven already like we're already thinking about that and uh um, i think new haven is sort of the exception if you look at lucy every day she has an arts piece in the community brian every day has some kind of review or something in the community in the summer s3 so that's the cities i looked at if you want to talk about per capita no one comes close to new haven when you look at the arts paper and what the independent does, there's not even, there's no place that does half that much. Per wow. Capita. Yeah. And that's sort of what I want to see. Could we, could we help some other places, but also figure out how would it work? Cause like Lucy's a person who was able to get that support and figure out how to do it. And Brian was like ready to step in and make this thing happen. How, how do you make, how are other people going to be able to do this? And I don't know the answer, but if we give them some wings, let's see if they fly. Hmm. Hmm. And so, if you know, it almost feels like I can't imagine that a place like Oakland doesn't have like a critical arts review kind of vibe. But but then at the same time, as newspapers sort of shut some of their departments down, um, that's probably one of the first things that 
that gets it is and the all weeklies also closed down and also they still do arts but it makes money more eyeballs if you do a preview or feature and those are legitimate i'm not criticizing them in the least it's just that just like national news is important that always got covered but local news not as many people looked at the zoning board and the board ed but it mattered so you had to find a nonprofit model so oakland has a nonprofit that's like the independent that has tons more money and they do arts but they don't do reviews i'm kind of hoping they just they just uh steal everybody we throw out there and start doing reviews because they got the money they got google money they got um american Journalism <laughs> project money they got millions they're like the connecticut mirror so like they're just not doing reviews so like if we go out there and we get some voices to do reviews i'm hoping that they incorporate that oh i love it so so the new haven folks or people who read the new haven independent not necessarily new haven folks because all kinds of people read the new haven independent so they'll get uh, they'll get a taste for all of this uh, from all the places that yeah. clubs and then can they engage at this yeah. level like can they say tell me more or i saw this when it was over there and mm -hmm. yeah there'll be comments okay. we'll have the commenting on that yeah and so with the people from those hubs they won't necessarily need to come to the independent to comment they'll be in their own Backyard It'll depend. Something. In some cases, that's strange. That's true. Um, uh, the uh, I'm not sure in every city. In some cities, we might be doing a newsletter where you get sent back to our website where the stuff is landed. Like in Tulsa, they won't. In Tulsa, they're going to get their stories in their Tulsa publication. Some other places, they will be coming back to the independent, like definitely Hartford, right? Hartford's just going to be up there. Jamil's stuff already has been on our site, you know, Real Art Ways and, and the Free Jazz pieces he did last week were just runners regular reviews so it, it'll be a mix it won't be as much of a free flow and complete conversation together as it would be nice but we'll have some for sure and, and start in september we will have a newsletter that goes into a lot of these different cities that's separate that people will be able to like if you're in providence we only do one a week or one every other week or troy albany you'll get the newsletter that has all these cities and if you're interested i don't know if you will be that's something we're testing out i'm not sure you know you will be able to come back and talk about it so I know you don't like to travel. So this, does this mean you're going to travel? No. Tulsa was different. <laughs> Tulsa, other places we're going with people we know people who know their city. Here we had to go find the people who know their city. Okay. okay. So Tulsa was our one experiment in saying a city that really needs us. What happens if we go in? Now, I'm not going to edit those Tulsa stories. I'm not going to have anything to do with what they decide to cover. But I just want to see it for myself. I want to okay. see who the people were, what the city was like. In the other places, we know the people people we trust and know you know sort of to scope it out okay so what did you eat when you were in tulsa did you vegan, eat vegan 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 they oh, had what was the vegan scene like were you surprised were you yes yes first one this place chimera that had like you know it was they must have had about a dozen vegan dishes that were really good kind of like brunch food with tofu and tempeh you know that kind of good stuff we went to another place that had amazing smoothies and bowls um I would say there are at least 20 places that have some decent vegan options. And uh, we ate well. I know it's it's strange. There's that weird, I mean, Tulsa? I don't think that used to be the case. <laughs> and it was uh, it was a really nice, pleasant surprise how, how nicely a vegan could eat that city. That's I, you know, I was wondering about that because I know vegan, vegan restaurants are taking a stronghold in a lot of places. But I can't quite gauge the, the Midwest, right? Like I can't quite... Yeah. Get that vibe. For I think you got to be there. in the blue dots. I've heard Nashville's definitely got them. You know, vegan as well as sort of combo. 
you know, stuff that has like real mom is vegan, not just like the salad with all the meat taken out, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, the spaghetti meatballs without the meatballs, you know, real, real food we can eat. It's definitely, definitely changing, definitely changing for the better. <laughs> so, so, um, so are you glad that you went to Tulsa first? Like that was the place that you feel like. Yeah, that it was, was exciting. I got the, I got a buzz. I got a lift. Besides having a great time, I felt great about the project. Really loved meeting the people. You know, the article I wrote wasn't as much arts as it was about the racial history of the place because it was so fascinating and the people we met, you know. I met this, this is one family's been putting out a Black Weekly since right after the riot. Their family was one of the families that had built up Black Wall Street. and was very successful and had it all burned down. And then when Urban Renewal came, they tore down the Black neighborhood again. And part of the reason was that after the riot, because of the insurance companies not giving the same amount of money and other block they put up to rebuilding, they couldn't build up. They built it up again after the riot, but they couldn't build as sturdy the buildings. So when it came time for Urban Renewal, they said, oh, these aren't good buildings. Let's just knock them all down. That's blight. So they tore it down a second time. And the Eagle, that's the paper, this Goodwin family, they refused to go. They were the only building left. So I went to their, their place and they tried to build it up again. It's right next to this highway. It looks like a closed down building. You walk in the door, you just walk through all these empty Warren offices. And I go into this 84-year-old guy's office, this sweet guy, James Goodwin, third generation running it. He's also a lawyer. And he's all there at 84 years old. And he said, we're not going. You see that highway? We're not going. And he, his niece um, is, a, uh, is a state rep. She's like the Robin Porter of Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. they're, they're fighting to get that highway taken down the way we took down the 34 connector and have that land reclaimed for Black economic development. There's a real consciousness that people want to do stuff. And, and uh, there's just, um, it's just how do you go about it is the argument. Wow, well, that's how, how do you, fascinating. Like, how do you recreate? Commerce is different. So if Black Wall Street were starting today, it wouldn't have the same stores, right? It wouldn't have the same. I think the lesson for me was Tulsa is the example of how it's really important we talk about the way we can help economic development in cities, how we can help Black community. But that what's more important is to get out of the way and remove obstacles. So if you think about it, what the Black Wall Street really was in its day was because in the Deep South, there were so many restrictions on Black people doing anything to invest money or have business of freedom. At least in Oklahoma, while it was deeply racist, you were freer to build up your own business. You could do that. So all these people went there and they were free without the restriction. Yeah, they, they didn't get the same access to capital. They didn't have the same, you know, they didn't have the same rights other people had, but they were able to build up an area. And that's why they burned it down because it was so successful. Yeah, That was the barrier. Whereas building it up, they didn't get help from anyone, any well-meaning white people. They didn't get government helping them build it up. They built it up. So, I, you know, in Urban Renewal, supposedly that was going to help the community. That hurt it again. Now they're talking, how do we help? And they built this whole kind of museum that ended up being a nothing, whereas this real excellent cultural center that's the real museum of the riot is uh, the massacre, is, was put up by Black people without all that money. And that's where they get the crowds. That's where the Crutchfield uh, Center is for the guy who was shot by the police. That's So I, while it is really nice that people are talking about how do we help, I think what's more important is how do we get out of the way. And I would say tearing down the, um, uh, um, I think getting the barriers out of the way, like getting rid of the highway is the, is the most important thing to do. Mm. And is that uh, a real consideration? Like, is that, I mean, we did it here, but is that real consideration? There's a fight going on. So the state rep, the version of Ron Porter, got it approved. 
by the government. So there's a fight. The State Department of Transportation wants to keep the highway up. And the, the groups he put together had a different plan to take it down. And there's this, all this money from the federal government for cities to take highways down. They have to decide between the two plans. They initially decided on hers. <laughs> but, but the fight's going on. And it takes time. It is worth fighting. I like it. Well, it sounds like you had a really good time and a good experience. Uh, uh-huh. I didn't realize um, Tulsa was only 15% Black. I thought it would be higher. And it's 5% Native. But right outside their, their reservations. Okay. All right. And so what is the Native art voice scene? Is there art scene for them? Like, is there, there... Are indivi- there are individuals I found. I wasn't able to find an institution. I probably didn't look hard enough. Like, they're definitely included when you're talking about like in the magazine that has the articles people doing stuff, there's a really wonderful artist on one of the main streets right by Black Wall Street who has a studio, you watch him work while he has his art. I didn't see, I'm sure there's an organized entity either at, right outside the city that I didn't, I didn't find. Okay. So, I didn't make... All right. so, so do you think you'll go back to Tulsa just to follow up or are you done? Not sure. <laughs> I mean, you probably, I mean, I would imagine that you know, you tell this part of the story, and then you go back and sort of say, "This yeah. is this is where we." Well, are I want to see Kane's Ballroom. They actually have a famous concert hall that um, a lot of the big musicians want to make sure to go to Tulsa. Like, everyone plays Tulsa. I I would like to go to Kane's Ballroom. Just didn't have anything going on that night. I was there, and I'd like to go to the Double A Park. It's right downtown. And, uh, you know, when Bob Dylan came to Tulsa, he didn't go to his own museum. He went to the double A park across the street when he was playing a concert. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I, I love, I love this idea. I'm looking forward to it rolling out. I'm looking forward to just reading about local arts in other places, um, because I think that's a good connecting tool. Uh, and I, I I appreciate this. Thank you for your time this morning. Well, thank you. And do let us know how it goes. We need the feedback. And thank you for oh, being I will. You know, I'll in, the, have some in the mix. Okay. <laughs> but thank you so much. And uh, thank I'm so you. glad you had a good time. And I was quite impressed with your nightly crawl. Like you were thank out you. there in those streets. So We were channeling our inner babs. Yeah, yeah well, you did a damn good job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate okay. you. All right, Harry Droz, thank you so much. We're out of here, but we're back tomorrow. That was Paul Bass, and he was talking about uh, this Tulsa Arts Review team that's going to, well, not Tulsa, but just arts in general, local arts review team that's going to be rolled out. And uh, it's going to be a good opportunity for us to connect to other places about what their art scenes is looking like and get some critical review about what's happening in their neck of the woods. So... I'm out. It's Monday. Y'all be safe out there. I'll be back tomorrow. Be back.